Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm your host, Lauren Vogelbaum, a researcher and writer here at HowStuffWorks. Every week, I'm bringing you three stories from our team about the weird and wondrous developments we've seen in science, technology, and culture. Today, wildlife is thriving in Chernobyl 30 years after the world's largest nuclear accident. And, unrelated, tiny freshwater predators called Hydra don't have mouths. And now we know how they pull open their own skin to swallow their prey. But first, senior writer Jonathan Strickland brings us a story about a group of students who built a database of Game of Thrones characters, over 2,000 of them. The students then created an algorithm to answer the ultimate fan question, who will live and who will die? That was the question a computer science class at the Technical University of Munich had on their minds. So they wrote a computer program to answer it. Yes, a computer algorithm is making predictions about who will be the next character to get stabbed, burned, shot, crushed, poisoned, eaten, or otherwise eliminated. The class mined the book series for as much data about characters as possible, relying heavily on a Game of Thrones-themed wiki. They identified... 2,028 characters and recorded data such as gender, age, social standing, the house they belong to, their relationship status, and more. In the process, the team made some observations. For example, men outnumber women in the series by a factor of two to one. Male characters are also more likely to be members of the nobility and to meet a violent end. The prime age for getting your life cut short is between 21 and 40. If you make it to 70, congratulations! You're probably just going to die of old age! Social status is a wash. You might be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later, you'll dance with the reaper. The students create a machine learning algorithm to study all these points of data and note which characters have already died. The algorithm then relied on this information to make predictions about future deaths. And that brings us to the moment you've all been waiting for. Who is living on borrowed time? According to the algorithm, the character most likely to depart next is Tommen Baratheon at 97%. Bummer. 
Tommen is the young lad currently occupying the Iron Throne, so he's definitely a prime target. But the kid didn't do nothing to nobody. Right behind Tommen are Stannis Baratheon at 96%, and the mother of dragons herself, Daenerys Targaryen, at 95%. As for who appears to be safe, that'd be Sansa Stark, with a tiny 3% chance of death. Then again, the algorithm identified Jon Snow as a top survivor with only an 11% chance of dying. But remember, it's a computer algorithm, not George R.R. R. Martin telling us these things. The program isn't foolproof. In fact, it has a 49% precision rating for predicting dead characters. That's a coin flip, people. Though I guess those characters could still die before the series is over. The algorithm does do better at predicting who will live, with 85% precision. Now, senior writer Robert Lamb explores a study into the fascinating feeding mechanism of Hydra, the predator without a mouth. The Hydra genus gets its name from the mythological monster, that multi-headed serpent with the frustrating power to grow back multiple heads for each one you lop off. And indeed, the real-life Hydra boasts fascinating regenerative powers as well, including the gremlins-like ability to reproduce via asexual budding. And then there's that whole wound mouth. After incapacitating its prey with tentacled poison barbs, the creature tears a page from the John Carpenter playbook and rips its body open into a hungry, gaping maw, sometimes wider than the creature's actual body. Like some fever dream horror glimpsed in a Flemish hell painting, the hydra gobbles up its prey and the wound mouth heals itself over the doomed victim, reverting to a continuous sheet of tissue. Now the basic process here and the chemical triggers involved are not new to science, but nobody ever figured out how the wound mouth worked until now. In a study published this month in the Biophysical Journal, researchers from the University of California stared deep into the feeding hole of Hydra vulgaris. They engineered transgenic hydras with fluorescent proteins in their endodermal and ectodermal cell layers. This created glowing skin layers to illuminate the mouth-opening mechanics. As it turns out, the cells don't move around. They actually change their shape in order to birth these wondrous mouths. Cell nuclei even appear to deform in the process. Radially-oriented fibers in the tissue contract to stretch the cells apart, similar to the muscular behavior in the iris of the human eye. More revelations await the researchers as future studies reveal the precise inner workings of the entire mouthing process of the hydra as well as, perhaps, the evolutionary reason for such a unique feeding mechanism. Finally this week, I wrote about the diverse ecosystem that sprung up around the site of the Chernobyl nuclear accident and whether studying these animals could help researchers discover how radiation affects us all. In April of 1986, an explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant resulted in the worst nuclear accident in history. The resulting fire lasted 10 days and released an untold amount of radioactive materials into the atmosphere to gradually fall out over the surrounding countryside. An area stretching about a thousand square miles around the disaster site is still designated the Chernobyl Exclusion Zone, unfit for human habitation. But research over the years has shown that in our absence, wildlife is thriving. 
A study from 2015 found substantial animal tracks, and as of April 2016, a University of Georgia team has documented 14 species of mammals using remote station cameras, mostly wolves and raccoon dogs, aka tanuki. The cameras were set up for a week each at 94 sites and baited with a fatty acid scent to attract animals, particularly carnivores. The team was focused on the top of the food chain because these critters receive the most radiation exposure, directly from the air, soil, and water, as all animals would, but also from the contamination accumulated in their Prey. The international science community is still trying to figure out how much damage all the radiation from Chernobyl has caused, and is still causing. And okay, radiation is all around us, all of us. Light, heat, radio waves, and microwaves are non-ionizing radiation. They carry enough energy to excite atoms, but not to break them apart. But X-rays, gamma rays, and emissions from radioactive materials are ionizing radiation. They can bust electrons right out of their atoms on a cellular level. That's what scientists. Refer to as bad. Ionizing radiation can break apart the genes that tell your cells and systems how to function, causing all kinds of health problems. But there's no consensus on how much damage different levels of exposure can cause in the long run. There just isn't enough data for us to draw from. All we can do is watch the populations affected, human and wildlife alike, and wait. The team from UGA says that higher levels of contamination didn't suppress wildlife populations. Rather, the animals they observed went wherever food and water could be found, regardless. They're hoping that further studies. Studies will measure the animals' health and survival rates. And that's all for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Subscribe now for more of the latest and strangest science news, and send us your ideas for new stories, plus any feedback or hey, reading recommendations that you might have. Shoot us an email at nowpodcast@howstuffworks.com. Michael Rappaport and I'm Kibi Rappaport, and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right, reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene, Gene Fodor. Gene was wounded. But be careful because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano. Huh? Oh! Gene, run. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, "Watch how far I can kick this bucket." People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.